Hello there and welcome to Fabulous Folklore, the podcast for all things folklore, occult and just a bit weird. I'm your host Icy Sedgwick, blogger, fantasy author and your guide into these rather mysterious realms. I've got some rare things to show you, so come on in, take a look around, but be careful not to touch anything. These things sometimes bite. Well, hello there, and welcome back to Fabulous Folklore with me, your host, Icy Sedgwick. We are continuing our November look at the folklore of wild places. Obviously, so far this month, we've looked at Dartmoor and the Simonside Hills. And this week, we are looking at crossroads. So that's kind of a bit of a more national thing. And you do get crossroads in folklore and legends from all over the world. And I can't really talk about crossroads without mentioning probably the most famous example and that involved legendary blues musician Robert Johnson. He was an amazing guitarist and he actually claimed to have made a pact with the devil at the crossroads which explained his prodigious talent and there are certain legends that say even now if you were to go at the crossroads at midnight with your tool of choice and you wait long enough a figure will appear who will take the, the, the tool off you fiddle about with it a bit and hand it back and then you will be amazing. Whether that works or not, I've never actually bothered to try. But anyway, that's a side issue. That's probably one of the most famous examples of tales about the crossroads. And you also get some really weird folklore about burying things at crossroads to get rid of them. And there's an old remedy for warts where you rub the wart with a piece of raw meat, you put it in a bag and then you bury it at the crossroads and your warts will be apparently cured. There is a thing where whoever then opens the bag next gets the warts instead, but it's really important to bury it at the crossroads. So in all these kind of tales, the crossroads form quite like an eerie backdrop. But why are they so eerie? Why crossroads? Well, where the roads actually cross is neither one road nor the other. So you couldn't definitively say, oh, that's this street or that's that street. And therefore, the crossroads is often referred to as a liminal place. And Owen Davies defines liminality as, quote, the state of being on the border or threshold of two defined states of existence, end quote. And you get this at dawn, where it's neither nighttime nor day. You get it at sunset, which again is neither day nor night. And therefore, you get it in these spaces as well, where you're not in one place or the other. And because these places are neither here nor there, they also represent places where worlds touch. So where better to find supernatural spirits? Now, obviously, the Robert Johnson legend does come from the deep south in America, and there is folklore all over the world that makes some mention of crossroads. But for the purposes of time and space, I'm going to be sticking to English folklore this time round. So what's the first weird thing that you might find at the crossroads? Well, that will be burials. And this is probably the most common association in the UK because we used to use crossroads to bury people up until 1823, I should add. And it was basically where you would bury suicides or executed criminals. Part of the reason is completely mundane and it's the fact that no one actually wanted to pay for burying either group of people. And the crossroads sort of marks land that usually belongs to no one because it often marks the edge of of a property or a piece of land or whatever. So what better place? to bury people who are being denied a Christian burial. Now, Jennifer Westwood and Jacqueline Simpson point out that the authorities also used this extra punishment to make the afterlife more difficult because depriving these individuals of the proper funeral rites hampers their attempts to get to heaven. So not only have they killed themselves for whatever reason, 
they are then being further punished by not being allowed to enter heaven because it's obviously considered a sin and therefore executed criminals get the same treatment. Seems a bit harsh to lump them both in together but obviously this is what they did in earlier times. Obviously naturally folklore then arises around the reasons for this location choice and there is speculation that crossroads were required to bewilder the ghost should it attempt to return and basically obviously you can imagine why the ghost or the spirit then rises from the grave and it's like oh I've got four roads to choose from which one do I pick so they basically stay at the crossroads while they try to decide which way they're gonna go we did mention Dartmoor a couple of weeks ago there is a crossroads grave there I mean I'm pretty sure you probably expected that there would be and this is Kitty J's grave, as it's known, and it lies on the road between Heytree Cross and Hound Tor. No one really knows who she was because obviously records are scant, but there's a tale related by Sally and Chip's barber who claims she may have been a local girl who got pregnant outside marriage and therefore committed suicide. And a workman discovered bones in a grave on the spot in 1860. He thought it was an animal at first, but then she was reburied in her current grave. And after that happened, fresh flowers kept appearing. No one knows who left them. Some people think it was local pixies. Other people actually think it was a local author who'd, who discovered a similar story while she was doing research. The barbers, however, think, quote, it is now most likely that her story has been told so often that people consider it a sign of good luck to leave a small posy of moorland flowers on her grave, end quote. There are claims of sightings about a ghost nearby. Apparently she's been seen hovering near the grave. Obviously these are unsubstantiated claims, but some people continue to avoid the spot just in case. And obviously there are other suicide burials on Dartmoor, but because fresh flowers don't appear on their graves, they tend not to get as much attention. Now we did obviously discover in the Dartmoor episode that there's also the watching place, which is where the gallows used to be. And according to Daniel Parkinson, the crossroads was the favoured spot for the gibbet or the gallows. Gibbet's slightly different. That's basically where you're hung and left to die or your remains are hung there. Either way, not the same as the gallows. If you've ever seen Willow, that's where Willow encounters Val Kilmer. He's in a, in a gibbet. Obviously, gallows where you're actually hung. And basically, the gibbet obviously is a fairly gory reminder of the law that this is what will happen to you if you break it. But they also prevented the executed person returning to annoy the living because they were then caught in this crossroads. Oh my God, which way do I go? It probably explains the location of the old Tyburn Gallows, which is where modern day Edgware Road and Oxford Street meet, which is now Marble Arch. Parkinson also makes the point that the Burials of Suicide Act was only repealed in 1823, not out of any sudden change of heart on behalf of people, but it was because George IV got involved. And according to a legend, a crowd had gathered to watch a crossroads burial at Hobart Place and Grosvenor Place, and it held up the king. So because he was being made late by the crowd, he then banned crossroad burials. Now, this leads us on nicely to the second set of things that you might find at the crossroads, and that's vengeful spirits. Because let's be honest, it's hardly surprising that the spirits of those buried at the crossroads would seek revenge. And in fact, stakes were actually driven through corpses at such sites, which was allegedly to keep them in place. In 1760, murderer and suicide David Stern was actually dissected before being buried with a stake through him at a crossroads near the Black Mary's Hall area of Clerkenwell. Obviously here it's like, we really don't want you coming back to annoy the living, so we'll stick a stake through you. You would think that dissection would be enough, but there you go. Owen Davies notes that in 1851, locals in Boston, Lincolnshire actually believed that the old hawthorn tree at their nearby crossroads had actually grown from such a stake. 
it's also probably linked to folklore as well because hawthorn trees already have supernatural connotations, sometimes believed to be the gateway to fairyland. Prophet Thomas the Rhymer apparently sat under a hawthorn when he met the Queen of Elfland and, as a further aside, Maura Freeman notes his association with witches who many believed used hawthorn to make their brooms. So it's hardly surprising it would be a hawthorn that would grow from a stake holding a body in place. The trouble is though, burial records are quite scarce for crossroads burials, probably because they didn't take place on church land. And Davies notes that the number of crossroads used for burials is actually less than the number that feature in ghost sighting stories. So you often get tales of phantom coaches, headless horsemen and other spirits that converge on crossroads, regardless of whether there's any burials there or not. So who knows, perhaps their location on the parish boundary also makes the veil between the worlds a little thinner there which is exactly what you would get in such a liminal place. Obviously, the modern upgrading of old roads actually disturbs these burial places, and perhaps workmen disturb more than just skeletons during the building work. And it was actually this idea that inspired a short story of mine, Where Do the Lonely Demons Go? And that's in a collection of three tales about crossroads. And if you go to my blog post for this episode, the link is in the show notes, you can sign up and you'll get that sent to you automatically for free. Hurrah! Anyway, back to crossroads. Such spirits do make their presence known in other ways, and there's a grave at Verndich where Hampshire, Wiltshire and Dorset all meet, and that allegedly belongs to a witch. No one actually knew which parish she lived in, so therefore nobody actually knew which one was responsible for her, so she was buried on the county boundary so the, the counties could then split the cost three ways, therefore making it cheaper for them. However, it should be noted, and Westwood and Simpson do note this, that no birds sing in the avenue of trees leading to Kit's grave. And this obviously leads us on quite nicely to number three, witches. So the burial of witches at crossroads pretty much seems only second to suicides, and in all likelihood, parishes probably buried old women at the crossroads to save money. Obviously, there will be some parishes that probably wanted to dissociate themselves from such individuals. But either way, the accused were therefore denied a proper burial and the accompanying rites. Which obviously, in these more secular times, it's a little bit difficult to really grasp how that would have affected anybody's sort of state of mind or spiritual health or whatever. But obviously, in those days, really major deal. And if you believe the, the legends, it also wasn't a particularly bright idea to deny them a proper burial. And we're going to use Betty's grave as an example, which you can find just outside Poulton in Gloucestershire. Now, stories vary as to who Betty really was, but most of the accounts do name her as a witch. Although, as you might imagine, there's not particularly huge amounts of evidence to back that up. But anyway, in some stories, she's quite malicious and she causes miscarriages in animals. She makes gates fall off the hinges. She spreads sickness among the local population and so on. And in other stories, she's basically more of a victim and she's abandoned at the crossroads as an infant. So straight away, she is marked as being an individual to pay attention to or to watch out for. She's later burned as a witch and then buried on the same spot. Great British Ghost Tour actually gives her full name as Elizabeth Bastra and she was buried in 1786. They also think that she may have been a suicide, a murder victim or a hanged thief. So there are multiple options as to why she was buried at the crossroads. But in the version given by Westwood and Simpson, Betty just randomly shows up in the village one night and she can't tell them her name or where she's from. So because she's exhibiting quite unusual behaviour, the villagers mistakenly assume her to be a witch. Obviously, it's not necessarily that people didn't have much empathy in those days. It's just they didn't have explanations for behaviour the way we do now. So you wouldn't necessarily care for somebody who was quite clearly in distress 
you know, you would see them as a threat instead. Now, the villagers actually tried to hang her twice, and each time they hanged her, she would then later climb out of her grave and just go home again. So you do wonder, did they actually hang her or did they just completely botch it? Either way, after the third attempt, she actually warned them that she would only stay in her grave after the hunger if they continued to leave flowers for her. So they did so, and then she did stop reappearing. And all seemed well, until the 1970s when the tribute stopped. Betty's ghost apparently appeared in nearby Fairford shortly after, so when the laying of flowers resumed, she disappeared. For now. Anyway, the final thing that you find at the crossroads are bogey beasts, and these creatures, which are also known as boggles, usually hang around crossroads or stiles, again, which mark like a a boundary between two places because it's a fence, but you can cross over it. They hang around there at dusk. They usually entrap unwary travellers, but a lot of them basically just like to have a bit of mischief, have a bit of fun, and leave their victims confused or bewildered. And in Northumberland in County Durham, the Headley Cow is probably the most famous example. It hangs around in the vicinity of Headley on the Hill, and it appears in various guises because it's a bit of a shapeshifter. So in one of the stories, this poor woman finds a pot on the road and it's filled with gold pieces. Obviously, you would think finders keepers and you think I'll just take that home then and she's dragging it home because obviously it's quite heavy. But on the way, the pot then turns into a lump of silver. So yeah, still quite good. Not worth as much. Never mind having that. She then keeps dragging it and it then turns into a chunk of iron. So obviously worth even less. But still, something she didn't have before. So she keeps dragging it and then it turns into a rock. And when she finally gets home, it changes for the final time into the Headley Cow itself. And another story relates to tricks that he played on court and couples. And in this particular story, two young men set off and they're going to meet their girlfriends for the evening. And they think that they see the girls up ahead on the road. So obviously hurry to catch up with them. But no matter how much they run or hurry, the girls keep staying at the same distance away from them. All of a sudden, this weird laughter rings out and the men find themselves stuck in a bog. Luckily, they do manage to escape and they basically run home and they're followed all the way by the Headley Cow laughing at them. Really, though, considering some of the stories you get about bogs, they actually came out of that one quite well. But still, it just shows what a trickster the Headley Cow is. So obviously, if you're quite fond of shapeshifting, Crossroads must appear like the ideal spot to find unwitting victims for your pranks. So that is all of the weird stuff that I'm going to cover in this particular episode. Obviously, there are so many more stories that we could cover, but, you know, we're sticking to the 15 minutes where possible. So basically, what I want to leave you with is a final thought. If you're looking to see something strange, consider going down to your nearest crossroads. Maybe wait until dusk when the veil between the worlds is thinner and who knows what might appear when the world grows still. And if anybody does decide to take their guitar along at midnight to see if you're going to end up as good as Robert Johnson, please do let me know how that one works out for you. If you've heard any tales or legends about the crossroads in your area, I would like to hear them. I might do another post of like collected tales if I get enough of them. So feel free to email anything like that to icy at icysedgwick.com. Please do note that it's S-E-D-G-W-I-C-K. If you want to have a look at the blog post with all the images for this particular post, the link is in the show notes. As ever, you can support me on Patreon and get exclusive content. I am currently putting together the next exclusive episode all about spiritualism and weird occult stuff. And that's basically it for this week's episode. Next week, we're going to go to Cornwall and we're going to be basically be poking around in the mines because that's a fairly wild and untamed place in and of itself. 
So until then, I hope you have an absolutely fabulous week. If you've got any requests for January or February, please do feel free to let me know. I'm starting to fill in the calendar now and I will see you soon. Cheerio. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, feel free to subscribe using whichever podcast app it is that you prefer. If you do use iTunes, if you could leave me a review, that would be fab. Basically, it just means iTunes are more likely to recommend this to other people. And if you're interested in more folklore, please feel free to swing by my blog, which is www.icsedgwick.com. And that's Sedgwick spelled S-E-D-G-W-I-C-K. And you can find all of the links, images and other bits and pieces that hopefully you enjoy. So have an absolutely fab week ahead and I'll see you soon. Cheerio.